0: You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com.
1: Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. As always, brought to you as it says in the intro with OvertimeIreland.com. Also brought to you in association with OTI Fantasy Fives, our weekly Fantasy Fives game. Pick five players from the Sunday slate of games and uh, see the points roll in, see who comes out on top and win the cash prize. £3 renter, you can also play for free. Unfortunately, playing for free doesn't make you eligible for the cash prize, but get involved, get involved in the fun and uh, pick your team. Go to com and click on the Fantasy Fives link to get more information on that. And of course, as well, that is brought to you in association with uk. So... Check those guys out as well while you're at it. My name, obviously, Colin Kelly. Hopefully you've enjoyed the last couple of guests we've had on. Today's guest is going to be Chris Harris of harrisfootball.com, the Harris Football Podcast. And uh, looking forward to getting him on. Actually, looking so forward to getting him on. Let's do that right now with a further ado.
0: Want to know who's going to win every NFL game this weekend? It's time for the OTI Weekend Preview.
1: Delighted to be joined on the Overtime Ireland podcast now by Christopher Harris. Of uh, a lot of people know he's from the Harris Football Podcast, formerly off the, the big four letter network ESPN. But it's a great pre- pleasure rather to have him on the show uh, now. And uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to us, Chris. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you very much. Uh, so excited to have you on the show, stumbling over my words to, to start it <laughs> off. Uh, we, uh, we talked just for a moment before we started. Obviously, this taking place uh, Wednesday Eastern Time, American Time, and uh, I'm here in Australia, so it's Thursday morning, 10am. So, uh, just a quick disclaimer, anything that changes between now and the weekend, obviously there might be some injury updates, status updates and so on. Players missing out, players getting on bored but as always Sunday there's always game time decisions and it's always tough even on Fridays making those calls but Chris uh, is going to give us his thoughts obviously fantasy wise and just picking wise on the games and quick disclaimer that uh, some of this stuff could be completely wrong from both of us
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well here uh, here's what I would say is like the, the we, time to do this would be next Tuesday, because I'm going to know everything as of next yeah, Tuesday. Yeah.
1: It's always good to, to preview the week after the week is over. you always a <laughs> uh, 100% success rate at that point. But um, there's lots of interesting games this week, Chris, uh, both from the fantasy perspective uh, and just from a game perspective. There's, some of them look like... Uh, Blowout can be written all over them, and you know we always say, you always say anyway, you can't really decide on game script. But there's a lot of games this week that look like it could be uh, one way traffic. But we're going to go through them anyway, get your thoughts, and see what happens. But just obviously, I've listened to your podcast this week. Some of the people listening to the show mightn't have uh, had a chance to listen to it. But there was some devastating injuries this past weekend. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell, Steve Smith, uh, Keenan Allen. I have a lot of Keenan Allen stock, so that one hit me quite bad. But uh, out of those injuries, which did you think was uh, the worst overall for a uh, fantasy player season?
0: I mean, I have to say Le'Veon Bell, because yeah. at this point he was my number one overall player in fantasy. You don't lose that guy that often. Uh, it, it's it's rough. I mean, we're I think we're lucky in that there appears to be a pretty capable backup, you know, somebody who can inherit the job and be workload-wise, you know, close to the guy that Le'Veon Bell is. He's not talent-wise, obviously, but, uh, you know rather than someone like Keenan Allen, where there really probably isn't from week to week a yeah. single receiver where you can say oh that's the guy right you know it's it's probably going to be frustrating in San Diego where sometimes it'll be Stevie Johnson sometimes it'll be Malcolm Floyd maybe Dontrell Inman you know whereas at least with D'Angelo Williams you feel like okay you know until until he breaks you know I could I can use him
1: <laughs> yeah, it's that there's the situation I thought too you obviously have that clear backup obviously Matt Forte as well got injured but it's not a season injury we hope at this stage so the backup Jeremy Langford coming in there gives another clear backup in that role but when you're looking around those teams and you mentioned the San Diego Chargers Uh, Keenan Allen has been the one consistent obviously Antonio Gates missed the start of the season came back in and then missed a couple of games again so it's just uh, who's going to be the next man up from a week to week perspective and it is going to change every week I have some Stevie Johnson shares uh, in dynasty leagues and at the start of the season it was looking very positive then when Antonio Gates came back he disappeared but maybe he'll come back into it but no doubt Keenan Allen a huge loss there in that one. Um, Obviously first up this week's Thursday night football and the the Cincinnati Bengals are on a real roll at the moment, 7-0, and winning again. And uh, They didn't put up juggernaut fantasy numbers uh, against the Steelers, but it was a massive win for the team. They play the Cleveland Browns. Johnny Manziel getting the start here with Josh McCowan going to be out in this one. How do you think uh, You know, there's not a lot of fantasy value in the, the Browns organization at the moment outside of Gary Barnage, who has uh, had some sort of... <laughs> A, late, a <laughs> lit career breakout and I'm going to ask you a few questions about him in a minute but Cincinnati going into this game they're big big favorites with the uh, the odds makers uh, it looks like it's going to be an easy one here for the Bengals but can you see the Browns causing any sort of an upset
0: the only part of me that says yes to that is knowing what Andy Dalton and Marvin Lewis are like in you know sort of big prime time type yeah. games I mean week 10 last year I believe it might have even been in Cincinnati. I can't remember that for sure, that but was, I know yeah. week, week 10 last year, I think 24-3 Cleveland yeah. won that game. Uh, so, you know, there's a little part of me that says, if you're going to give me an 11.5 points, I might be interested in taking the Browns, to be yeah. totally honest. I don't think the Browns win, but, uh, I, you know, the, the capacity for Andy Dalton to throw up on his cleats are, is, for me, very high.
1: Yeah, well, obviously, you get a chance of a backdoor cover there when you mentioned that. uh, Obviously, it got really up for that game coming off the bye last week against the Steelers and got over the line. And it did take, you know, Big Ben throwing it away in the fourth quarter uh, a couple of times to help them get the win there. But the Browns, uh, you know, it's hard to get excited about them. But um, the Cleveland Browns, when you look at them and Gary Barnage, what he's done this season, have you, obviously, you've been surprised. But uh, I have a a question personally. uh, One of our dynasty teams, we have uh, Gary Barnage, have been offered a trade For another guy in this match and it's Marvin uh, Jones got a bit of damage at wide receiver this weekend with uh, Keenan Allen going down for the season is that something that you know cash out now while it's hot because I don't know if you see it going forward but I can't see uh, Gary Barnes keeping this going for the rest of the season
0: (laughs) yeah I wouldn't have said if you know if you'd said in week week four you know is Gary Barnes going to keep this this production up this he had the past two weeks I would have said no (laughs) you know at at some point it feels like I'm just betting into a winning streak and why am I doing that Uh, you know it, it, he's not. Uh, he's a big body. He's not a particularly special athlete. He doesn't have good quarterbacks throwing it to him. But since week three, all he does is get targets. I mean, it's between eight and ten targets most most weeks, and you know he's made the most of them. I agree. It, it shouldn't keep going. There shouldn't. There's not a lot of logic to it. I'm not sure Marvin Jones is is cashing out high enough though, yeah. because Marvin Jones himself is so incredibly up and down I mean he is you know uh, the third weapon the fourth weapon aerially in that Cincinnati offense and I like him as a player but is the role there for him on a week to week basis I I would think that if I were going to sell Barnage I would want to sell higher than Marvin Jones
1: yeah that's the situation but you're just uh, afraid with um, you know if he goes down this week, if he starts to regress bitterly, that it's all going to be gone quite soon. But you mentioned, obviously he's the the third or fourth option there. They have the two running backs, obviously solid options this week again against the Cleveland Browns, who have really struggled against the run. Then you have Tyler Eifert, who is at a phenomenal season, coming back off injury last year, and obviously we know what AJ Green can do. But you mentioned at the start just, uh, you know, we know what uh, Marvin Lewis, and uh, there's too many Marvins in Cincinnati, but Marvin Lewis (laughs) and and, uh, Andy Dalton can do in prime time. But maybe uh maybe it's time we start to cut them a little slack with a 7-0 and record and possibly 8-0 after this week and see how they do going forward maybe it is uh, a new a new Bengals team but we've been there before we've given them that opportunity and uh, they've tossed it back in our face
0: they really have I mean I expect they win this game Cleveland isn't very good and I think they're worse on defense than they were last year and yeah. uh, it, you know it shouldn't happen but it shouldn't have happened last year either and I am really not one to be quoting like, oh, this team is this record at home or, you know, this kicker just set a career franchise record for points or consecutive field goals made. Like, I think often that stuff is so dramatically overstated. But when a, <laughs> when a team keeps crashing out, out of, of the playoffs in the first round, when the team, team keeps, you know, getting a lot of national attention in games and, yeah. and flaming out, you know, I, 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 I worry there's a little something to it.
1: A team that's uh, starting to creep into the you know the national radar at the moment. They hadn't been getting much respect uh, up really onto the win against the Seahawks. But the last couple of weeks, people expect them to fall off too. And it's the, the Carolina Panthers. They got yeah. a win in overtime against the uh, Indianapolis Colts on Monday Night Football. It wasn't the prettiest game. The weather conditions obviously playing a factor. But um, they play uh, the Green Bay Packers at home this week, obviously. And uh, you know it's going to be an interesting game because Josh Norman's taken away a lot of the number one offensive options for uh, the opposing teams. Obviously Randall. Cobb had an extremely quiet week, but the whole Packers offense had a quiet week last week against the Denver Broncos. It will get a little bit easier this week, but uh, that Panthers defense—nothing uh, to, uh, you know, nothing to underrate. So, do you think the the Packers this week another quiet week in offense, or do you think they can get it going against the Panthers in Carolina?
0: I'll tell you. So, one thing I do uh, before I actually look at the, the the Vegas lines is I try to predict what they're going to be. I predicted Carolina be favored in this game, and then I look and find out Green Bay on the road is two and a half point favorites or two point three points. I, I, I'm I just think the world is not picking up on how good this Panthers defense is. And you mentioned Josh Norman. You know, I, I'm not sure you're going to see Josh Norman on Randall Cobb that much because Norman really doesn't play in the slot. Mm. You know, all that much, and that's where Randall Cobb's going to be. Which which means to me, you know, like either Devonte Adams and or James Jones, you're, you're probably not getting norman as a shadow guy you know he plays the defensive left side yeah, yeah. but whoever's offensively on the right side is in <laughs> is in some no. trouble because i that kid can really play um and and uh, you know those linebackers are really good i, I think the Carolina does have some questions on the defensive line. Uh, I I did not re-elevate all those Packer weapons back to where I'm normally going to have them in the random, you know, Chicago Bear game that they're going to have at some point. You know, I I think there's, you know, still a little bit of struggle. You know, I think you're using Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I would probably be using Randall Cobb under the assumption that, you know, Josh Norman won't be on him. But uh, otherwise, you know, I think I think there's an argument to be said for, you know, maybe letting those guys rest for one more
1: week. Yeah, if, uh, you know Cobb coming into the season obviously hurt his shoulder in the the preseason. I think it was against the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles. I am I'm a Packers fan, so it's been. A tough couple of weeks, although they've been getting the W's and you know everyone says it's all that matters. But you could see it for a few weeks coming, the 49ers game at home to the Chargers. Things haven't been going all that well on offense. And it was really, uh, you know, I have to give the Broncos a huge credit for their performance and that there's the way they're going to be going forward. Just a sensational defensive unit. But, um, you know, it's just been a struggle of a couple of weeks and maybe just the, uh, the injuries have been catching up with them. We'll see how the Packers go going forward as a, as a hometown decision. I'm going to have to go for the Packers to win this, uh, being a fan of the team. <laughs> But um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. You mentioned that the linebackers Davis and Keekley having phenomenal seasons. Obviously, Keekly missed a few games with concussion, but when he's in there, he seems to just be literally everywhere on the team. Cam Newton is really developing into a leader of this team, and uh, Jonathan Stewart and. It's hard to, hard to beat the bowling ball, Mike Tolbert, getting a few yards as well. So uh, they've been going well doing their thing. And uh, I heard a stat this week that uh, Greg Olson has played in every offensive snap this season for the Panthers. And, you know, people might say, well, you know, if you're a lineman or so, on, that's not a big thing. But he's a, he, he's a, a pass catch and threat on a lot of those plays too. So often running routes and then they run the ball a lot. So uh, sensational stat there for him to, to play every offensive snap this season so far for the team.
0: Yeah, I heard that too. I think uh, I think Gruden had that stat on on the Monday night game and it's impressive. I uh, I think he's the only tight end, wide receiver or running back who's played every single snap for an NFL team so far this year. That's that's something else cuz like you said, I mean, you have to be in phenomenal just physical condition to do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because it is, you know, it's such a, compared to wide receiver, such a physical position as well, so it's uh, highly impressive. Next game up and there's another highly impressive tight end coming up, it's the New England Patriots, Rob Gronkowski, really rolling at the moment, had a a nice game last week with that long touchdown against the Miami Dolphins, but the Dolphins didn't really turn up on that, the Redskins with uh, a couple of results here the last couple of weeks, obviously the bye week last week picked up. Uh, Kurt Cousins really enjoyed the last one they had, but when uh, <laughs> when you look at this team, Jordan Reed probably coming back, another tight end who's having a nice season outside of his concussion issues. Obviously, that's obviously the long term worry with him. But this game again figures to be uh, you know probably a blowout for the Patriots, but you never can tell in the NFL.
0: Yeah, and I'm actually in Massachusetts, and I'm a Patriots fan, so now I'll put my <laughs> I'll put my Patriot fan hat on. Yeah, I mean I, I can't imagine them losing to Washington, honestly, I can't. And I would say if, you know, if what the Patriots do better than any other team is look at the other squad's offense and pick the one thing that they're not going to let them beat you with, yeah. I asked, it might be Jordan Reed. You know, I, I guess Deshaun Jackson's got a chance to come back and play in this game for fantasy purposes. You know, I think as a fly, you know, everybody knows what Deshaun Jackson is. You know, he's yeah. a deep threat who, if he scores the one long touchdown, he makes your week and otherwise he doesn't do anything. You know, so but I, I do think that Malcolm Butler, who's the Patriots top corner, not a great player yet, but he is well equipped to handle someone like Deshaun Jackson with a little safety help. So I wouldn't be shocked if the person they scheme to take away actually is Jordan Reed. It wouldn't cause me not to use him if I normally would. But, uh, you know, I I don't think the Patriots look at that Washington running game and think to themselves, wow, you know, we really are in trouble. We've really got to stack the box, you know.
1: Yeah, and obviously this week in training, if you're trying to stop somebody like Reid, you have a you know, he can practice up against Gronkowski, gives you a good opportunity to get set up for a matchup like that, huge advantage there for the Patriots uh, You mentioned Deshaun Jackson too, I was going to ask you, rest of the season, he's a player, I've had him in a few leagues and I've held on to him He is boomer boss, but a lot of times, if you've had him over the last couple of seasons, he has been when he is boom, he's really, really boom and uh, picks you up, helps you win weeks when he does turn up on the field. This week you know, it's his first game back, probably setting him it's amazing, that was his first target of the season, that <laughs> Overthrow by Kurt Cousins that uh, caused that injury. So he had one target in the season, pulled that hamstrings, missed uh, after this stage. Now he's basically missed uh, eight weeks. So we'll see how he does come back. I'm probably going to leave him on the bench this week to see how he uh, does going forward. But uh, I have to say with you, uh, Patriots should roll in this one, should get the win, and um, they're really on a roll this season. Brady really playing phenomenal stuff for them. Um, The New Orleans Saints are at home They're on quite a little streak They've got themselves going on Uh, A lot of people rule them out of any sort of playoff contention Obviously the way their division is They're looking at a wild card with the way the Panthers have started the season But the Saints at the moment Three game winning streak Winning last week in that huge shootout uh, in New Orleans They're at home again playing the Titans Titans coming in with a new head coach uh, You know, It's a bit of a mess in in Tennessee at the moment How do you see this one going? You know
0: I under normal circumstances, in previous years, you look at New Orleans in the dome, where yeah. Drew Brees doesn't have to deal with weather and doesn't have to deal with anything other than ideal conditions, and you say, "Oh well, you know they they've been so rock solid at home." Uh, with that defense, and as bad as it's been, really three years running, uh, I never take anything for granted with New Orleans. I, I would, you know, I know that I think the Saints are a seven point favorite. That just seems really high to mm-hmm. me. Um, maybe that's got something to do with assuming turmoil on the Tennessee sidelines. Um, for me, sometimes that that's a galvanizing thing, and they are going to get Marcus Mariota back in this game. And uh, I think you're going to see a little smarter offense with them, where they're taking advantage of what he does in terms of scrambling. And even if it's not scrambling, rolling out a little bit and... Uh, I think Tennessee scores a bunch of points in this game. You know, I, I, I notice you know of the over under totals in Vegas this week. I think that might be the third highest total. Yeah, uh, and that you know that kind of lets you know what Vegas thinks of the Saints defense when you know Tennessee's miserable offense that couldn't do anything against Houston last week. You know, is is predicted to be part of a shootout.
1: Yeah, I picked. Uh, I actually picked the Titans to win that game last week, and they were hugely disappointing. Um, this week, I can't see much good coming from them. The the Saints, obviously, last week has uh, you know influenced the stats <laughs> quite a bit. They're now the second ranked uh, offense in the league, but. You know, that's, that's not all that hot as things have been going. The the Titans 31st in the league, and then the, the def- defense for the Saints is the 31st rated as well. So it could be a shootout, but that game last week, obviously, with the offense and defensive stats for the New Orleans Saints, affected it greatly. But Drew Brees is starting to play well after that early season shoulder injury. Branton Cook's got a touchdown last week for them. Uh, the question I have here on regards to the Saints, obviously there's two players at the moment that are starting to stand out for them. And that is Willie Snead and the tight end whose name is slipping my mind at the Benjamin Watson. Yeah, ben Watson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thoughts on the two of those guys?
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, I would I would add Brandon Cooks to the list. I, I think uh, you know, if I'm interested in any of them, you know, it's probably Cooks. Actually, I, I skills wise, he's the special player there. You know, Watson has just been the recipient of a lot of volume, um, and that's not a bad thing. I don't say just as to say like to minimize him. I think he belongs in the the context of a of a number one fantasy tight end and he he's a factor but he's not a special player and, and neither is willie sneed he's he's kind of been a, a very reliable short you know passing kind of guy who benefits from some attention that other weapons get um i, I would say cooks is is sort of the, the player it's funny I, I was very low on him relative to where he was drafted this summer yeah, yeah. but then once his stock faded to the point where people were dropping him you know on the podcast on, on my podcast i actually picked him as my sort of surprise from nowhere, difference maker for the second half of the year, and after one game, that is
1: looking like a genius. (laughs) Yeah, it's looking quite quite good so far, and you know, a lot of people really had him rated very highly in the off-season, I wasn't as high as a lot of people, so I didn't get him in any of my drafts, so... He was kind of going in that you know, second, third round range, thought it was very, very high, but as you mentioned, some people all the way down to dropping him. So the, the stock had dropped significantly, and if you had bottom low, it's starting to look good, as you mentioned, after just one game. We'll see how it goes. He should have another nice game this week uh, up against the Tennessee Titans. A game here I'm sure you're highly excited about, being a Patriots fan, an uh, end-divisional game, the Miami Dolphins traveling to the Buffalo Bills. I'm sure uh, you're very excited for this one, aren't you?
0: <laughs> I have a hard time getting excited about either of those teams, and and f- frankly, when you live in the penthouse, you don't worry about who who, who sweeps up the basement. Whoa, yeah, yeah. that was that was mean. Uh, you know, no, I I think you're looking at a couple of pretty disappointing franchises, teams who various folks thought could conceivably you know threaten for the throne, and it felt, feels actually like the Jets are the team that yeah. that you know has a chance to make the playoffs. I, I kind of don't think the Dolphins or Bills have it uh, in their future. You know, Buffaloes. Supposed to have a good defense, and, and they are having a hard time getting what Rex Ryan does, uh, jibing with what the bills have done in the past on defense. And, uh, you heard about a month ago where the, uh, some of those bills' defensive lines were complaining, uh, yeah, yeah. defensive linemen were complaining about having to drop into coverage. But that's what you do when you blitz like crazy, like Rex Ryan wants to do, and bring blitzes from anywhere on the field, right? You got some defensive backs or some outside linebackers who are surprising quarterbacks with blitzes. Well, you can't send eight guys, right? So someone's got to drop in the coverage. Yeah. And, uh, and that's been something that hasn't gone over well, I guess, with you know, the Bills personnel and, and the results haven't been there. Uh, heaven knows what this game's going to be. I mean, these teams met in Miami about six weeks ago, and it was an absolute blowout for Buffalo. Tyrod Taylor is back. Uh, and so I expect the Buffalo offense to be better than it was the last time we saw them in London. But uh, you know, it feels to me like this could be 3-3. Yeah,
1: you mentioned obviously the the Buffalo Bills played in London two weeks ago, so they're coming off their bye week. The Miami Dolphins, uh, coming off kind of a semi bye week after playing the Patriots on Thursday night football, so both teams should be rested up uh, quite significantly. Uh, it's hard to, you know, the Miami Dolphins they did win two games back to back a few weeks ago, but you know against very very weak opposition both from the AFC South. So we'll see how they go in this game the Bills obviously at home and both teams are three and four. whoever loses this game I think we can write out of playoff contention and wild card consideration altogether so going with that the home field advantage of the Buffalo Bills you mentioned getting Taylor back he, he obviously can extend plays on the ground and he was looking very good as a fantasy quarterback uh, early in the season and I having him in a couple of leagues he's back this week I'm going to be starting him do you think uh, he's a good start this week against the Miami Dolphins defense and is there anyone else in this game that you know you would think would be a must start or must sit
0: well, I think LaShawn McCoy. You know, I, I'm am continuing to be a big fan. Uh, the, you know, Carlos Williams will return, so it's fair to have your expectations that you know what Shady gets you is maybe 75 percent of the workload and not 100 percent. But I I am a fan of McCoy. He's in. He would be in my lineup. Uh, you know, Jarvis Landry for the Dolphins feels like you got to have him in there most most weeks, and certainly if you're in a league where you're getting a point per reception, you, you know you, you're almost certainly got to play him. Lamar Miller, I think he. He probably plays here, too. Uh, Taylor's going to be an interesting test case because I remember, you know, the Terrell Pryor games with Oakland. And and I don't want to say that, that Tyrod Taylor is Terrell Pryor, but, <laughs> you know, I, I think there's they have some similarities. You know, Taylor, maybe a little bit more accurate as a thrower, but I don't think he's accurate enough as a thrower. And uh, it feels to me like eventually the mask will drop and, you know, just you get in too many situations where you know if you're not up 3 touchdowns like you can look great when you're up anybody can look good up 3 touchdowns but when you need to make, when you need to come back and the defense is in your face you know you really need to be able to throw accurately and that's not something Taylor does if there's one difference between real life quarterback really real life football and fantasy football it's the running quarterback because if you get 30, 40 rushing yards out of Tyrod Taylor, maybe even a rushing touchdown. Who cares what he is as a thrower, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh,
0: so I think he's an okay start, but I, I do, I do worry. You know, there's no one on that depth chart in Buffalo who can be any threat to him. EJ Manuel is much worse, but uh, you know, I don't think Taylor's a long-term starting quarterback in the NFL.
1: So you heard it here first from uh, Christopher Harris. Uh... Taylor's going to be playing wide receiver in a couple of years for the Cleveland Browns uh, moving on to the next game and it is the St. Louis Rams and the Minnesota Vikings you know there's a lot of talk this week about is Todd Gurley the second coming of Adrian Peterson well we're going to see this week the two of them going off head to head Peterson the last couple of weeks has been a little bit quieter but the Minnesota Vikings are 5-2 and Stefan Diggs having a nice little run here in the last four games for the Minnesota Vikings uh, the St. Louis Rams then on the other hand they are 4-3 and, and Todd Gurley is ripping things up the last couple of weeks and we've seen a couple of big games from Tavon Austin who people thought was a draft bust after coming into the league a couple of years ago he's starting to show some of his value all it took was uh, an offensive coordinator who knew how to use him
0: yeah I mean you know we don't want to overstate Austin as a fantasy option I I think I was looking at the numbers like the last three weeks he offensive touches he's got like five five and seven so you know you want to be careful not to go too crazy it's the touchdowns that's made him really good for fantasy and they're they're. it's tough to you know keep getting that many touchdowns on that few touches but you know maybe they will start giving him more touches maybe that's a bad argument maybe in fact right they'll look at his production and say you know what let's get the ball in his hands 12 times 15 times and if that happens you know you're you're looking at sort of maybe percy harvin what percy harvin was supposed to be right the gadget player who turns into a number one receiver uh I, I would love to see it happen. You know, I'm a little skeptical when Nick Foles is the quarterback, but uh, certainly Austin is amazing with the ball in his hands.
1: Yeah, you, you obviously mentioned giving him extra touches. I think at the moment the man you want to give all the touches to is just hand the <laughs> ball off every time to Todd Gurley. Uh, yeah. But this game in particular, how do you see it going? It's It's one that the Vikings haven't been all that impressive. Uh, week to week but they've been getting the wins each and every week just scraping over the line winning with a field goal in Chicago against the Bears last week uh, you know at quarterback Teddy Bridgewater's not going lights out from week to week but he is making some nice throws and there's some mistakes in there and throughout it but you mentioned then the quarterback for the St. Louis Rams I'm finding this game difficult to call both defenses uh, you know quite good in this one as well so could be low scoring in this one.
0: It could, and I think, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's kind of by far the lowest total for Vegas, right, for over-under. Yep. I think it's 39.5, which is really low. It's low. <laughs> uh, and, and that reflects, I think, well, here's the thing. I think it reflects a couple of different things. You're right, two good defenses. Uh, the reason I would give the Vikings the advantage is that I don't think the Ram offense is sort of mistake-free enough in a way that the Vikings offense tends to be and that, you know, there are mistakes to be made by Nick Foles that Teddy Bridgewater generally doesn't get put in the position of. I I feel like the Vikings have have kind of established that, all right, before we have a season, we're really ready to take the shackles off of Bridgewater and turn him into a more traditional, like, let's gear the offense around him sort of role. They're just trying to run it and punt it and play defense, and that's why all their games are close. And, you know, you're not going to win every close game, but... You know they're in every game because they're just so conservative offensively, and and they know they have a really good defense. Whereas the Rams, certainly with Gurley, you know that's a path to conservatism offensively for sure. But when they throw, Nick Foles is a bit of a maniac. You know <laughs> he'll he'll throw it kind of anywhere, and and yeah. he'll he'll also make a lot of mistakes. And so for me, Foles is the difference in the negative way in this matchup.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and of course, I'm just going to go on edge with the, the Vikings being at home in this one, and uh, when you look at them, they're 5-2, and two, the Packers 6-1. and one. If the Packers were to lose this week to the Panthers and the Vikings win this one, it really is going to open things up in that divisional run, which uh, people two or three weeks back weren't really predicting so it's going to be an interesting week uh, for the packers for the vikings and we'll see how it goes at the end of next week of course will me and chris will be doing our preview show next tuesday to <laughs> to, to preview all things and and we get that's end. right but, uh, to talk
0: about how the packers have a two-game lead now yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, we're looking here at the uh, the jacksonville jaguars the new york jets the jaguars coming off their bye they got a win late in london uh, two weeks back and or, yeah, with their bye weekend. Their 2-5 and five season really isn't going a lot of places, but for them it's not about making the playoffs, it's about trying to get around uh, that 500 mark, trying to improve on their last couple of seasons. The New York Jets, a lot of people started to buy into them. They lost to the Patriots, and then a lot of people bought back into them again, and they lost last week to the Oakland Raiders. Uh, they obviously got torched quite a bit at times against the Oakland Raiders and Derek Carr, uh, concerns about this New York Jets uh, defense the the past couple of weeks. Obviously, the fourth quarter, the Patriots really just kind of went through them quite easily, and then last week's performance.
0: I think it's fair to have a little bit of concern uh, if there's if there's a problem with that defense, and it's been the same. It's been there even when Rex Ryan was there, and I think it was really the problem with Ryan's scheme working with the Jets personnel. It's that you know really stout. In the middle, really stout on the defensive line it 's mostly a three four and those those front three defensive linemen are terrific. We know all about the corners they 're amazing. the safeties are good enough and the middle linebackers are getting older but they 're fine. They just have a really hard time getting any edge pressure and even in those seasons when Ryan was blitzing like crazy, you know the Jets would lead the league in blitzes they still wouldn 't get to the quarterback and still wouldn 't sack them and feels like you know they haven't changed the personnel there the the edge it's still calvin pace for heaven's sake how long is calvin pace but i mean it feels like he's 87 years old um so you know for me if there's a concern it's that when you play against a good quarterback and we'll get to that in a minute because i don't think they are this week by any stretch uh you know a good quarterback who doesn't get a lot of edge pressure can usually eventually figure something out against you and So, you know, there aren't a ton of good quarterbacks in the league and Blake Bortles is not one of them, but I think it is fair to say, you know, it's fair to question that despite the big names and despite the excellence at some positions, it's fair to question whether this is, you know, that prototypical championship level defense.
1: Yeah, you mentioned there. Obviously, the quarterback at the moment, a court, he is probably the most uh, polarizing quarterback in the league. There's a lot of people really <laughs> talking him up, and then there's a lot of people not really big fans of him. And I think I kind of sit in the middle. I haven't bought in yet, and I haven't just discarded him yet. But it's uh, he's he's obviously fantasy wise, he's helping uh, keep you know the wide receivers going there, the two Allens, keeping them moving forward points wise. So we'll see if he can get Julius Thomas involved and in how they move forward. But I'm going to have to go with the New York Jets win in this game. Uh, just at home, if they want to have any chance of making that playoffs, you know right. you mentioned well, they could. Uh,
0: unless we got Bryce Petty at quarterback, right? Mm. If, if, if they're starting <laughs> a rookie at quarterback, we're, we're gonna we're gonna change our minds maybe, but yeah. I don't think that's gonna
1: happen. I think we'll see a heavy dose of Chris Ivory. I think there's talk as well that Stephen Ridley could be involved this week, so I think we'll see a lot from the running game and uh, maybe for the Jacksonville Jaguars if they get down on the goal line uh, this time, like they did in London, they won't go for it four times with. Uh, Toby Gerhard and see if they can get over the line with T <laughs> J Yeldon. But don't, don't up, you love
0: it? Like, don't, yeah. just don't, don't you love it when the coaching staff is like, you know, after st- st- you know close consideration, we've decided maybe Yeldon is our goal line back now.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know. Obviously, they they spent money on him last offseason. That is Toby Gerhard, and they want to get something out of him. But at this point, uh, I think it's time to move on from that. there whole thing. <laughs> he, he marches you down the field uh, almost uh, 80 yards, and then we'll just take him off, and we'll put in our terrible <laughs> running back to try and punch it in. But uh, the only thing that helped me there, I, I bought some stocks over, you know, did some trading over the last uh, week or so since that game and got some TYL'd and so maybe that there helped out <laughs> in that one, but we'll see how it goes going forward. We have a couple of games, obviously we have more games than I thought left uh, so we'll blitz through them a little bit and uh, this week, thankfully, we're going to have uh, a couple more, we're going to have three later games but the last of the early games this week, the Oakland Raiders Pittsburgh Steelers, Steelers minus Le'Veon Bell, but they have Big Ben back they obviously have uh, Martavis Bryant and they have Antonio Brown who Thankfully, the Steelers got him back last week, too, because with the quarterback situation there, he hadn't been seen in a couple of weeks. And we mentioned the Oakland Raiders. Four and four Steelers, four and three Raiders. People starting to buy into the Raiders. But at home, the Steelers, I think this is one they must win with Big Ben back.
0: Yeah, uh, feels feels like a little bit too much of a challenge for Oakland. Uh, I will say, you know, as, a, as an inveterate tape watcher, you know, I really watch yeah. all the games on film after the fact uh i've been so impressed by david carr and or sorry Derek carr not david Carr.
1: unimpressed uh, <laughs> by
0: david <laughs> right i'm less impressed by david whatever he's doing now uh but but you know Derek carr uh somebody about whom i had huge doubts after his rookie year and a lot of people were pretty high on him and i thought they were wrong and i think i was wrong uh, i'm not ready to say he's ready to go across the country and take on a an okay team, right? That's like you said, sort of needs to pin its ears back yeah. and and win a game. I'm not sure he's quite to that point yet, but I would say you know he's done some stuff that a lot of the younger quarterbacks haven't been able to do this this season and really the past couple seasons. You know, play mistake free, make good decisions, throw with good accuracy. Uh, you know, I agree this is a tough spot for the Raiders, but uh, you know, I, I when he had empty stats the way Blake Bortles has had empty stats, you know, bad performance, but just looking into a bunch yeah. of good stats. I was willing to say, you know, no on Derek Carr. I'm, I'm much less willing to say that now. I'm, I'm pretty impressed.
1: Yeah, I was in the same boat as you. I wasn't buying him in the off season, but he has been very impressive. Obviously, having a player like Amari cooper Detroit is going to help as well. And Crabtree has been a nice addition as well. Uh, and for them, after coming over from... The Forty uh, ers but the Steelers in this one—they, you know—I mentioned they lost last week. They're potentially going to be eight games back, or sorry, four games back with the tiebreaker behind the the Bengals if the Bengals win on Thursday Night Football. So, you know, if they want to make a wild card run, it has to start now. They are losing out on Le'Veon Bell. We mentioned probably between him and Tyot Gurley for the best running back in the league, and Bell has done it for longer, so give him the edge there. When you're looking at it, I think you know DeAngelo Williams proved himself in them first two games that he can do the job, so we'll see him again this week the Raiders have uh, gone on the road bet the Chargers gone back home and bet the New York Jets and I just think this could be a letdown spot for them travelling on the road to play the Steelers so I'm going to have to go with the Steelers in this one next up New York Giants Tampa Bay Buccaneers Jameis Winston's done a nice job the last couple of weeks and they got a the win on the road against the Falcons last week come back home they have the worst home field advantage in the league as things stand I believe uh, <laughs> they, got a, they got one win this season and I think that was the first win Lovely Smith went all last season they lost every game at home so can they do it at home again against the Giants, who traveling on the road after last week's performance? You know, they they really did play well last week, offensively, defensively. Not that good. Do you think uh, we can see the Giants getting to win on the road? Or are you going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers?
0: Let's see if I. I guess if I were picking, you know, it's a it's a tough one. I, if I were. I think I, here's what I would say. I would want points regardless, right? If I was going to bet the game, I would want points. And and, and for somehow the Giants are a favorite on the road, two and a half points. And so I guess I would take Tampa in that regard, uh, which, you know, if there's an offense here that can go off, you know, it probably is the Giants. But by the same token, you know, the, the Bucks are interesting on defense only in that they still play that cover two that was, you know, really big 10 years ago. <laughs> and it's it tends to be a pretty um, conservative defense that it lets you sort of matriculate the ball up and down the field a little bit but doesn't tend to give up a huge number of big plays with the safeties back and you know let's face it the Giants aren't running on anybody against any defensive alignment at this point so maybe I don't think the Giants have quite the offensive upside this week uh if not because Tampa's defensive personnel is great but maybe just because the scheme will you know try to keep everything in front of them kind of situation um you know, I, this is a, a wishy washy way of saying it. I, I think it's a very close game, and in a very close game, I'll take points. But I, I'll say the Giants win by two, you know, or one or something like that.
1: Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. The Giants have been very stop starting offense this season. You know, they've had the big games sprinkled in with the games where they really struggled, really, really struggled against Philadelphia a couple of weeks back. Didn't do that much against the Cowboys, although they got the win uh, two weeks ago. So we'll see what Giants team turns up this week. The Buccaneers. I think with Winston, you're obviously going to even if they fall behind, you're going to continue to throw the ball. But they've had real trouble keeping hold of leads this season. The last two weeks had big, big leads in the fourth quarter and almost lost again to uh, the Falcons last week. Went to overtime and won it in overtime. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one to see how it works out. I'm going with the Giants on the road. Uh, Possible the possibility that Austin Sperian Jenkins returns in this after missing the last couple of weeks. Last four or five weeks actually with injury so we'll see if he can get on the field and what he can do from a fantasy perspective uh, <clears throat> the Falcons who lost to the Buccaneers last week they go on the road against the 49ers and the 49ers obviously have made the wise decision to change uh, quarterback and go to Blaine Gabbard <laughs> I'm sure everyone's picked up Blaine Gabbard uh, to start in their fantasy teams this week but <laughs> I, I really don't know you know Blaine Gabbert's coming in it's uh, absolutely terrible quarterback playing for an absolutely terrible team so I'm going to have to go with the Falcons but the Falcons are a team I don't know about you Chris but watching them the last couple of weeks and I have backed them uh, from a betting perspective the last few weeks and they have been quite heavily favoured against the Titans and last week against the Bucks when they lost outright Really, when they they're moving the ball quite easily, they're moving it with Devontae Freeman. But when they're getting into the red zone, the you know the snap issues, the fumble issues, they're just turning it over so so much. Uh, have you been very very surprised by the you know the simplicity of the turnovers they're having the last couple of weeks and the struggles they're having on offense in general?
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I kind of think what you're saying. Like, if I could sum it up in one word, they're kind of frauds. Mm. You know, they're they're just not ready for prime time and it's not even in prime time but just it, it feels to me like this feels almost exactly like that Tennessee game where you know it was a backup quarterback also and they should have gone in and just wiped the field off with them and they never really moved the ball and I you know I, I took the bucks with the points last week yep. uh, I didn't pick them straight up but I, I took the points and uh, I think you know as bad as the Niners are I might be tempted to take point maybe that's stupid with blank. I mean Blake Gebert's a different kind of bad <laughs> from Zach Mettenberger but um, I you know Atlanta probably wins the game uh, I think it's a little overstated to say that they go on the road and be a touchdown favorite over anybody because I do, I do kind of think you've, you've, you've kind of put your finger on something, a little bit of a fraudulent team
1: I just think if, they, if the games where they haven't turned over the ball in the red zone, they've looked very, very good. And the games that they've turned it over, they've looked very, very bad. Obviously, turnovers are going to give you those sort of issues. But just some of the snaps from the centre to Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan's <laughs> handoffs to Devontae Freeman. When you have money on, you would be tearing your hair out. So <laughs> it's, uh, I think I think they will eventually get those sorted. But just for a professional NFL team, it just seems uh, you know, mental errors and just, yeah. just poor play. But the 49ers, uh, you know, we mentioned a disclaimer at the start of the show that this has been recorded early in the week. So So next week, uh, when it comes to Monday morning, Blaine Gabbard is thrown for 300 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, Disclaimer, we we didn't realise he was that good this early in the week. (laughs) but
0: <laughs> yeah and they and they and, and that Pierre Thomas would turn into you know the player of the week with 700 rushing yards right yeah
1: yeah so a big big week coming up here for the 49ers but the the Denver Broncos 7 and 0 shutting down uh the Packers last week really really shutting them down and Andrew Luck and the Colts had a little bit of difficulty a lot of difficulty rather against the Panthers they're going to have a, you know it doesn't get any easier this week Chris they're playing the, the Denver Broncos yeah. uh thoughts both ways I've TY Hilton in a couple of leagues very tempted to put him sitting down this week. Uh, the Broncos, on the other hand, Peyton Manning turned up last week. Played quite well. Played very well for what he's done this season. Are you buying into Peyton Manning being back? Not
0: all the way back, but uh, I feel a little bit vindicated in that my my analysis of Peyton has been, you know, of course it's partly about his arm because not every throw he makes is is uh, you know has this necessary zip on it. But I have felt like there's at least been. You know at least as responsible as being the offensive line, and finally you got a game where the line really played well against Green Bay, and lo and behold, suddenly Manning's arm doesn't look quite you know like as much of a problem but you know no, I, I think we do have to reconcile ourselves still to the idea that probably that Broncos offense from the last few years isn't walking through that door you know it's just probably gone forever yeah. and uh, that limits the appeal of the running backs, even though they had a nice game against Green Bay um, you know if for me it, it, it makes them not you know really ever going to be candidates to be top 10 guys, but yeah, usable, but just not uh, stars the way that we have typically expected Denver running backs to be stars. The wide receivers, you know, I think you use both Thomas and Sanders. Vernon Davis turning up there is really interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I would feel better about maybe resting him one week. I think adding him is fine if he was dropped in your league. Maybe just see if he's ready. You know, maybe use your regular tight end and then just see if Peyton uses him a lot. He certainly used the other tight ends, you know, the lesser tight ends a little bit against Green Bay, as you well know, probably to your distress. <laughs> um,
1: and then for watching. In,
0: right, and then for Indy, um, they fire their offensive coordinator. Pep Hamilton is gone, and I think. uh, you know, if you've listened to the podcast and I know you have Calm, it's it's you know, it's kind of been a thing of mine. Like they, they really misuse Andrew Luck and I, I hope this is indicate an indication that we're coming to more three and five step drops and more quick hitters and less just standing there patting the ball and having him, you know, get hammered while he waits for guys to get open down the field. Against the Broncos that's just not gonna work. You know, they're just too good in coverage. Yeah. Uh as to whether you said T.Y. Hilton, you know, he, he's apparently dealing with a foot sprain as well. It, it feels to me like a pretty good excuse not to use him this week.
1: Yeah, and when you look at, you know, Andrew Luck, he's looked you know, with the the seven step drops and so on, he's looked a bit more like Brett Favre this year than what we expect from Andrew Luck, and that's not to say obviously Brett Favre, a phenomenal quarterback, but had that gunslinger approach, and that's what Andrew Luck's had this season, and he's turning it over too much so we'll see, let the ball get out quicker because the offensive line isn't uh, isn't any way impressive, so I think that's good and this week against the Broncos in particular you're going to need to get the ball out very, very swiftly but uh, I'm just going to have to go with the Denver Broncos to win this one, just the way they're you know, I'm uh, incredibly impressed, mentioned it on the show i think every week since week two about how good their defense has been and each and every week they've got better and better so we'll see how things go for them this week but uh, i'm taking them to win this match next up uh, eagles cowboys two games left to roll and uh, this game three and four eagles two and five dallas cowboys <laughs> um, you know this division though it just hasn't been that impressive and we were joking a moment ago talking about you know the tennessee titans and that but uh, with the way the Colts are they are 3-5 and five. if they lose this week they're still the Tennessee Titans at 1-6 and six are still only going to be 2 games back in this division so <laughs> amazing how bad that division has been but again the Eagles Cowboys similar style this week Cowboys have struggled immensely without Tony Romo they got Dez back last week he was shut down as you mentioned earlier in the show by uh, the Seattle Seahawks and Richard Sherman bye week for the Eagles are they going to bounce back get on track or you know, is this what we're going to see for the Eagles for the rest of the season
0: I think it's what we're going to see from. I think Sam Bradford is a, is a big part of what the problem here is. Yeah, um, would
1: you go to Mark Sanchez? Do you think?
0: I just don't think he's any better. I, mm. I might give it a shot, but I just don't think he's any better. Uh, you know, they they didn't have a solution with Nick Foles, so I can't really get on them for trying Sam Bradford. It just hasn't worked. Uh, it's not to say he can't look good. He, he could look good in this game. You know, I, I was very impressed with the Cowboys' defense against Seattle. Uh, they've really got after it, and obviously, I know the Seahawks offense is not exactly elite and not exactly playing great, but uh, what's frustrating to me is that these Cowboy games keep showing up on these, you know, national spotlight you know, everybody's (laughs) gathered around the TV America's team, (laughs) it's just because yeah, America's team, so everybody watches them Um, you know, I uh, I was surprised that Philly is a two and a half point road favorite. It feels to me like a pick'em game. I would be again tempted to take, to take points, uh, but you know, in the end, I, I think I w- would lean toward the Eagles winning because, as, as much as I'm not into Sam Bradford and don't think the Eagles have a bright future ahead because of Sam Bradford, even if they win that division, you know, it just feels like a, a pyrrhic victory. That, you know, they're not going to go anywhere in the playoffs with him. Uh, but as much as I don't like Bradford, it, it's Matt Castle.
1: Yeah, we've, we've obviously seen the last couple of weeks to uh, Darren McFadden's resurgence, but this uh, Eagles defense against the run has been very, very good this season. They're quite good in all the defensive stats. The rushing in the ball now has improved over the last couple of weeks. You know, they're, they're basically an average team at the moment, and what the buy week, with time to prepare. I think they're just going to edge this one. You know, I just, I, I just keep still thinking they're going to click, and, you know, Jordan Matthews, I know you think he has stone hands. I've been <laughs> likely to agree with you all season long, but... You know, at some stage he's gonna have to. I don't know. Hopefully, over the over the bye week, he bought himself a pair of you know sticky <laughs> gloves or something that he can catch the ball with. But it's just, I think he's gonna click into gear. I think the team has to improve a little bit, and the Cowboys just offensively, I don't think they're going to get enough done. But it's not a game really that excites me this week, and uh, looks like we're both on different sides on that one. But last game of the week, San Diego Chargers minus Keenan Allen against the Chicago Bears. This game in San Diego, two and six Chargers, two and five Bears. I think the Bears are going to win this game because Jay Cutler over the last couple of weeks has playing much, much better than I expected, and they've got Alshon Jeffrey back. Obviously, Matt Forte being out know, is going to be a big miss for them. But with uh, the Chargers losing out in Keenan Allen, I think a huge part of their offense is really going to be missed this week. And uh, I'm going with the Bears. Your thoughts on this game?
0: Yeah, this is the second highest point total of the over under Vegas, right? And and I think that's a very indi- good indication that we don't like these defenses very much. And <laughs> probably this is a very high scoring game. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe no. You know, it's no Matt Forte on one hand, and no Keenan Allen on the other. Uh, it, it feels to me like Forte is a big loss here, and uh, I, I might err on the side of San Diego just racking up a bunch of garbage. You know, like uh, a sort of empty calorie yards yeah. uh, it, via the passing game. The the one problem I have is really less about Allen being missing, and more, man, they can't keep any offensive lineman healthy. They're really struggling, uh, and it's been the root of a lot of their problems. It's you know, f- as much as people want to blame Melvin Gordon, it's not like anybody else can run the ball. Uh, you know, yeah, I, yeah. for San Diego, and I think it's very much about an offensive line that's not playing very well, and that's why Rivers is throwing it 50 times a game. Um, I I think I you know. If the Bears won, you you would not get a big shock out of me, but if I were going to pick a winner here, I think I'd pick Chargers.
1: Yeah, I'm going to, I just think, I think this week too, obviously, we're missing out on Matt Forte. I think anyone that uh, has uh, Martellus Bennett, I think he's a, a must-start this week at the tie-down position. I think we'll see a lot of passes to him. Any other players? You know, obviously, I mentioned Keenan Allen, Stevie, it's hard to just pick with the Chargers who's going to step up. We'll see if it's Floyd, whether it's Johnson, I guess, and uh, we'll see how they do for the rest of the season, but I've given up on the Chargers, uh, they've let me down in a number of spots <laughs> this season, so that's why I'm going to just edge with the Bears, but that is all the games from uh, week 9, it's hard to believe it's already week 9 of the season, this thing is flying through, but uh, obviously Chris, it's been a lot of fun talking uh, football with you, and uh, any of the listeners that aren't following you on Twitter, should be doing so, it's at HarrisFootball, the website as well, HarrisFootball.com, get all Chris's ranks there, and as we mentioned at the start of the show, Chris has his own podcast, five shows week phenomenal guests on each and every show and uh, if you want to dominate your fantasy football league it's always good advice that chris gives and uh, the thing i like with your show chris you're not afraid to get somebody on who has a different perspective of the rankings or different players and you get a good feel for what people think going into the week so as always uh, it's great it's great having you on hopefully we can do it again in the future
0: Oh, thank you, Colm. It was really a, a, very, a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, I'd be glad to be on again. It was really fun.
1: You're listening to the Overtime Ireland podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Once again, thanks to Chris for coming to the show. A lot of fun. There. I hope you enjoyed listening to that. I really enjoyed talking with Chris, and uh, hopefully all of them on, as I mentioned there, uh, later in this season. Obviously, I mentioned there, too, week nine already. Oh, my goodness gracious. Week nine in the ready to be in the books and we're looking i'm really looking forward to it. but there's some games as i mentioned looking like it could be a little bit one-sided but i guess hopefully your team's not on that one-sided uh scoreline i mentioned there as well the green bay packers playing the panthers that is a tough game for the packers uh, both offensively and defensively the last couple of weeks a little bit more difficult stopping the run but um, we'll see how they go this week against the panthers Obviously, they have Cam Newton, uh, Jonathan Stewart and Mike Colbert there in the, the backfield moving things along. So we'll see if the Packers can stop them from moving the chains. Keep an eye on Greg Olsen as well. I have to say, Cam Newton's playing pretty good this last couple of weeks. <laughs> the, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but against the Indianapolis Colts, a chance to salt the game away. I think it was actually in overtime. Deep throw towards uh, Ted Ginn Jr., head game just openly drops it right into his hands drops the ball so cam newton playing with a couple of wide receivers that aren't at that top level obviously in the nfl but they are getting the job done week in week out hopefully the packers can hand them their first loss of the season this week they are 11 unbeaten in the regular season so on a quite a nice run for the panthers obviously i hope the green bay packers win so go pack go and the rest of the games obviously coming up this week there's a I mentioned OTI Fantasy Fives, get involved, pick your players, pick five players, winner comes out on top of it, the most points at the end of it. I've come uh, second and third the last two weeks, so I'm hoping to maybe get on to the top of that podium this week and get the win overall. Get involved at OvertimeArland.com, hit the OTI Fantasy Fives link and uh, sign up there. Hopefully the more the merrier and uh, let's have some fun this week with OTI Fantasy Fives. Thanks again, as always, for listening. If it's your first time listening, uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, Hopefully you'll go hit that subscribe button on iTunes or Stitcher. Give us the comment there. Give us a rating. Helps move us up the rankings as well in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you're listening to it. Keep spreading the word. Give us a shout-out on social media, Twitter, Facebook, whatever you listen to it on. Keep sharing the podcast. And we do thank you for your continued support. Until I'm back with the recap show, uh, just shortly after, probably again, uh, it'll be earlier than last week, obviously with me going to the Melbourne Cup races this week was a little bit later than it, it normally would be, but we're going to have it out, hopefully not long after Monday Night Football ends. Uh, so we'll have it out shortly after that, and uh, get get subscribing, go straight into your files uh, on your iPad, or that. get it instantly once it's available. So until then, when I'm back, have a good one.